tuning in to Hear the Big Picture. This is the first of two podcasts about climate change. It is our sincere hope that our efforts will clear up some of the confusion on this subject. We will talk about the context in which climate change issues arose and about which issues are controversial and which are not. In the second podcast, we will mention some new emerging ideas for restoring the climate. While none of these optimistic ideas will have a great effect in the short term, they do leave us with some hope for the long-term future. So relax, listen up, and see what you think. Welcome to Hear the Big Picture and our podcast titled More Than Just Feeling the Heat, What Else is Climate Change? So the circumstances that make the environment warmer are having many negative impacts. And while almost everyone feels the heat, there's still controversy about why. So does this pertain to the phrase greenhouse effect? Yes, it does. Physics teaches us that it's possible to have a barrier that heat can enter but not leave. And this is called the greenhouse effect. So for example, if you grow vegetables or flowers in a greenhouse, the glass walls trap the heat inside. The greenhouse stays warm as a result, and that benefits the flowers and vegetables being grown there. Something similar happens in the context of the Earth and its atmosphere, with greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide comprising a barrier that traps heat inside the atmosphere and warms up the Earth. The greenhouse gases are a byproduct of burning fuels, which we do for energy, which is so much a part of our everyday lives. And since we continue to keep burning fuels and have an ongoing need to use energy for modern lifestyles, it follows that we can expect the Earth to just keep getting hotter and hotter. And unfortunately, a key point here is that this is a problem from hell in terms of resolving it, because it's really everyone's fault in terms of the lifestyles that we're leading, but no one person can do much to ameliorate it. No one can make a big difference in solving the problems with just their own actions. So some people prefer not to give up their comfortable lifestyles since they know that barely anything they do would make a dent in the problem in terms of the big picture. On top of that, there are a lot of populations where people are moving into the middle class and many people aspire to lifestyles that will make the problem even worse. How did we ever learn about this issue in the first place? Well, there are two parts to that answer. When scientists became aware of it and when the public started paying attention to it. So at some point in the 1900s, scientists started to wonder if human activity could cause a greenhouse effect on Earth. And they started measuring the Earth's temperatures around 1950s. And they found evidence of rising temperatures. In other words, scientists used their knowledge to predict something that they had not yet observed. Then when they looked for it, they found it. That is, they found rising temperatures. I want to underscore that this kind of prediction and then data finding is a very powerful and credible kind of scientific discovery. Okay, so that's the scientists, and when did the public become aware of this issue? 
Well, of course it's been somewhat gradual, but I became more of a public issue around the time of Hurricane Katrina in 2005. There was a lot of argument then about climate change, and some people said there was no evidence that climate change was a cause of Katrina, while other people said that the human humid air above a warmer-than-ever Gulf of Mexico must have made Katrina's impact worse than it otherwise would have been. Back to the scientists for a minute. Do most of the scientists believe that the Earth is warming? At this point, almost all scientists believe this. And have these scientists convinced others that they're right about the Earth getting warmer? Well, we have a lot of evidence that scientists successfully convinced people years ago of this. <clears throat> For example, there are strategic planners in the Department of Defense who have worked for years on how to defend the U.S. as the ice melts and the Arctic becomes navigable. There's a big Russian border on the Arctic Ocean, and if those waters can be navigated, it exposes people in the United States to new kinds of security risks. So the point here is that the Department of Defense would not have spent this kind of time and money planning for something if they weren't pretty convinced that global warming was really happening. So if we have experts who aren't scientists who have been convinced of this, then why is there so much controversy about the subject? Well, this is, I'm glad you asked that because this is a very important point that I want to emphasize. The question is not whether the Earth is getting warmer, but whether it's getting warmer because of human activity or for some other reason. In other words, the controversy is about why and not whether this is happening. We have to ask if there's something in nature that's going on or if the warming is due to us humans. So we know that during the long history of the Earth, its climate has changed several times. For example, in the early ice ages, the Earth got a lot colder, but that was clearly not due to human activity because at that time, human beings weren't around. We know as a result that it's possible for our climate to change naturally and not due to human activity. But again, and this is another important point that I want to emphasize, the rate at which climate change is happening now is really faster than it could be if it was just due to natural causes. So for this reason, many scientists, an overwhelming majority today, are convinced that human activity is the cause of the current warming. So I still don't understand why there's so much resistance to accepting that we have a big problem? Well, this is a delicate matter. Let me put it this way. A lot of people have a lot to lose if we all conclude that climate change is caused by burning fossil fuels. Whenever we make technological changes, there are changes in how people function, earn a living, the industries that thrive, and the result is that there are winners and losers. So some industries are helped and some are hurt. The point is we have to get our energy from somewhere to enjoy the standard of living we're accustomed to. So it's got to come from somewhere, from burning fossil fuels, or it can come from the sun, the wind, or nuclear sources. 
But again, there are going to be commercial winners and losers whenever you change technologies. So a reduction in burning these fuels will always hurt some segment of the population and it will help others. I heard you use the phrase fossil fuels. What exactly do you mean by that and how does that differ from other fuels? So fossil fuels are products made from oily materials that are mined from beneath the earth. These extracted materials are mostly coal, natural gas, and crude oil. They are the raw materials for energy products we use every day, for cars, trucks, railways, and for heating our homes, offices, and factories. Whenever we burn fossil fuels, we manufacture carbon dioxide as a byproduct. Burning wood for heat also creates CO2, although wood is not a fossil fuel. I see. I seem to remember from high school that carbon dioxide is also called CO2. And in the news, I sometimes hear it called just carbon. Do these all refer to the same thing? Yeah, they do. So then, carbon dioxide traps heat and makes the earth warmer, right? Yes, it does. Commercial interests that benefit from hanging on to fossil fuels are not anxious to create regulations that would minimize their use. So no matter how much uh, scientific evidence we amass on this subject, you have to appreciate that this is a situation that there's likely to be controversy about in, in any case regardless. There's something about this controversy that still confuses me. Hasn't there always been carbon dioxide in the atmosphere? Yes, there has. But fossil fuel consumption increased greatly the amount of the CO2 in the atmosphere, and it's been steadily increasing since the Industrial Revolution started in the 1800s. So it's been affecting the atmosphere in a gradual way. So, okay, the carbon dioxide makes the atmosphere warmer, and it makes us feel warmer. Are there other impacts on the climate besides this? Yes, there are three major impacts extreme weather events, sea level rise, and acidic oceans. Sometimes when we talk about global warming, that's really like a shortcut term, kind of a nickname for the larger term of climate change. And that includes all three of these very sobering changes. Over the years, scientists have developed computer models to try and predict the future impacts of climate change. Computer models are a way of using recent data to extrapolate and get a glimpse of what's expected in the future. Extrapolate really means that you kind of look at the curve and the impact of what's happening now and predict how that curve is going to change in the future. It's a way of getting a picture of, of what's coming. The model predictions have shown that as the planet gets hotter, dry places will get drier and wet places will get wetter, and there will be more extreme weather events. So it's not a pretty picture, unfortunately. Like, if you think about it, we've already seen that in the western United States, there are more wildfires. We're getting less rainfall in those areas, and that makes the forests drier. As a result, they're more likely to catch fire and burn. And then on top of that, the areas that are extremely dry, like deserts, are also getting bigger. We've all seen that there's been an increase in severe weather events. 
In the Gulf of Mexico, there were three back-to-back -back hurricanes in 2017, Harvey, Irma, and Maria. And as you know, we've always had hurricanes, but most scientists believe that climate change worsens their impact even though it doesn't cause them. Wow, this is really scary stuff. One of the theories about Hurricane Harvey, Harvey's severe impact on Houston, is that the air currents moved over the land a lot more slowly than they used to. It seems that wind patterns and air currents, like the jet stream, have changed due to the climate change. So scientists think that Hurricane Harvey was caught up in a slow-moving air current, so a much greater amount of rain was dumped on one particular place than normally had been happening. We are not really sure about this, but some scientists theorize that without climate change, the wind and rain might have moved more quickly so that the rain would have fallen over a broader area instead of dumping so much in Houston. Well, I'm glad you said that scientists don't really know all the answers yet because I'm certainly sure that I don't. And I guess uh, we'll all have to keep up with change as we learn more about what's going on. So climate change isn't just warming things up a little bit. You're saying that many people's lives may already have been adversely impacted. And we've certainly all seen the devastation caused by those hurricanes. On a commercial basis, I've also heard that some of the successful vineyards in Northern California have burned down due to the lack of rain. This is feeling a little bit overwhelming. Are there other impacts I should brace myself for? Well, another big change is that sea levels are rising as the ice melts. So ice caps that are above sea level near the North and South Poles are melting because of the warmer temperatures. And the poles are getting warmer faster than the tropics are. So that's what our models tell us anyway. And as a result of ice melting, there's more ocean water, which of course causes a rise in sea levels. When liquids warm up, they also expand slightly. So every single drop of water on the planet expands a tiny bit as the temperature rises. And in addition to that, all the oceans in the globe are connected. So we have more water and the water takes up more space. And this is a worldwide phenomenon of a sea level rise, which has a lot of repercussions. I know that fluids expand when you heat them up, but I never really realized that this principle applies here to sea level rise. Yes, and the people who live near the coasts anywhere in the world are at risk of losing their homes to flooding as a result. There's an estimate that in the future, 30 million people will be displaced in Bangladesh because their homes will be underwater. The city of Miami in Florida in the US has the same issue. They have a very low elevation. So Miami has bought pumps just to pump water out of the streets after a rain. But as you know, that's not really much of a solution. It's more like a Band-Aid. The water comes right back and I understand that parts of Miami now even get flooded in certain places just from a medium-sized rain shower. It doesn't require a major hurricane to cause problems. So what I'm telling you is the problem doesn't apply to just a few cities. It's an issue for anyone living near the coasts as this progresses. 
there will be economic and political consequences of people becoming homeless due to the weather. Wow. Climate change sure has a lot of scary ramifications. Yep. It makes hurricanes more fierce. It makes dry areas dry to the point of becoming deserts. And wildfires are more likely. In addition to that, it puts people's lives and homes at risk if they're near an ocean. So don't even get me started on the issue of ecology. We haven't even discussed the impact on wild animals and plants and their inability to cope with these, relatively speaking, rapid weather changes. So another impact of climate change we haven't talked about is that oceans also absorb some of the increased carbon dioxide in the atmosphere that is the result of burning fossil fuels. The CO2 reacts with water to make carboxylic acid, and that makes the oceans more acidic than they used to be. So carboxylic acid, that's pretty hard to pronounce. But what I don't understand is if the oceans become a little bit more acidic, why is that a problem? Yeah, it is hard to pronounce. You heard me stumble over it. But in any case, the problem is that it will be harder for lobsters, clams, and other shellfish to form their shells. So they may die or have fewer offspring, and many people rely on this kind of thing for food. Um, besides acidity, another adverse impact of global warming on the oceans is that coral reefs are deteriorating everywhere. And these changes in acidity and temperature really affect all of ocean life. So, are there any sources of climate change besides carbon dioxide created from burning fuels? So, CO2 is the most common greenhouse gas, but there are others. Natural gas, which can leak from anywhere it is found or used, causes further global warming. There are other gases that do this too, but they're less common. People may wonder about what's coming in the future and the extent to which they should be personally concerned. Uh, and since we continue to burn fossil fuels, we can expect the Earth to just keep getting hotter and hotter, as we've said before. In the next podcast, we plan to explore the impact of this and reasons for optimism and reasons for concern in dealing with this crisis. For now, signing off from Hear the Big Picture. Mm -hmm.